heads, Roseanne. So, how's your spiritual life going? Good. Is anyone like feeling condemnation settle over them by that very question? <laughs> Probably when I ask you that question, if you're anything like me, your mind goes to two things to assess. How is my spiritual life going? You think about how much I've been reading my Bible and how much I've been praying. And also, and maybe you think also of your like your big sin. You know, you know how we've all got like a sin that's like our big struggle. Mine is like yelling at my kids. So, how much have I been praying? How much have I been reading my Bible? How much have I been yelling at my kids? Yeah. But that's not how it works, is it? <laughs> that's not the question. Recently, I installed a new app on my phone, a new Bible app. I now have three. Bible apps on my phone. And I said to Dave, I think I might be some kind of a super Christian because I now have three different Bible apps on my phone. It's, it's, it's what it takes. The thing was, yes, you've got to open the Bible apps and read them. That is, is the key. Um, and when I think of how, how well am I doing, you know, how am I going? How's my spiritual progress? I do think about praying, think about how many, but Bible reading is a big one of them. I think to myself, how am I doing? Am I doing well? If I'm on a plan, like have I been ticking the boxes? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm fine with Jesus. If I'm not doing so well, I think, oh, okay, haven't been reading my Bible, not doing so well with Jesus. But that feeling of am I checking the boxes, have I been opening the Bible apps, is completely unrelated to actually how much the word is impacting my life. Yeah? Ooh, yeah. Because there's something wrong. You're like, do you feel like there's something wrong in how we think about reading the Bible? I know that you're not all that different to me. We think, we think about it the wrong way. We think about it like, I want to love the Word. I want to be one of those people who are like just so passionate about the Word that they're just like, man, I can't wait to get up in the morning so I can read the Bible and... You know, I want to be one of those people who are like, yeah, I was up late last night studying the Bible. And you know those people? Yeah? I'm not that person. I'm not, I'm not that person. But I would like to be. But in my experience, reading the Bible, wanting to hear the Word of God, gets mixed up with, with shame, with judgment, with, with self-criticism, with legalism. And I know I don't want those things. And so I tend to avoid thinking about how I'm going with my Bible reading and just chuck it out altogether, or alternating that with fresh efforts at new plans. It's kind of like dieting. I'm not really a dieter, never really been into that. But, um, or exercise plans. You're like, Psh, whatever, not doing it at all. Or, okay, right, this is a new plan, we're going to do it. And I feel like my Bible reading is often like that. Is anyone else a little bit like that? You're either like, oh, yeah, I know I'm crap at that, but please can we just not think about it? Or we're like, yep, okay, here's my new plan for how I'm going to be a better Christian. It involves a new app, a new devotional, something I can tick boxes with, and maybe I could post some things on Facebook with pretty background so people know that I'm doing it. Yeah? Yeah? Are you with me? Are you with me? It feels like that. But that is that's not what it's about. But the problem is that Bible reading, which is my topic for today, is one of those disciplines that it's so easy to get legalistic about because it's so measurable it's so tangible last week pastor Dave talked about um, the discipline of simplicity and that's kind of quite abstract and like oh yeah you can kind of tell 
But Bible reading, you're either doing it, you're not doing it. And if you've got a plan with boxes that you're ticking, you know how well you're doing with it. And we use it as a measure of our spiritual performance. It's a measure of assessing our spiritual performance. There are so many things wrong with that phrase. Spiritual performance? Like, what is that? There is no spiritual performance. Assessing? There's no assessment. This is not school. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. But it is a discipline that needs to be worked out. And the series we're doing, Practice Makes Progress, is about the spiritual disciplines that help us to grow in God. But do it, avoiding doing them but without them becoming a legalism, is, it can be difficult. And, and today I'm, I'm, I'm really believing that some of the stuff I'm going to share is going to help you to uh, rediscover a hunger for the Word that is going to be free from all of the layers of expectation and shame and actually end up with you reading the Bible in a way that changes your life. Yeah? Are you keen for that? Yes. Right. Let me pray. Oh, Father God, we thank you that you speak to us. You're not a God who's distant, who, um, who just expects us to know what to do and how to live and judges us when we stuff it up. God, but you, you speak to us. You speak to us your words of love. You speak to us your words of life. And God, we want to be people who hear those, who listen. And Lord, we want to we be people who have a love for your word. And Father, I ask that today you would break off the, the shackles of legalism, of condemnation, of all of the things that, God, we often have just been had put upon us, especially if we've grown up in church. God, we just have these things. We just shoulder these cultural expectations. And God, we don't want that. We want to be living in freedom, but in a love for your word. Spark that in us today. Spark that in me today. Amen. So I want to take a moment just to just talk a little bit more about the heart of what a spiritual discipline is. And in preparing this message, I've, I've leaned quite heavily on two books. One of them that Pastor Dave's talked a bit about before is by Richard Foster. And it's called Celebration of Discipline. I can't think of a more boring title. I get the feeling that Richard Foster is a man who does not know how to celebrate. Like, whoa, a celebration of discipline? Like, when you think of discipline, you're not like, yeah, yeah, discipline, party time, is it? It sounds boring, it sounds hard. But it is something to celebrate in your own way. The other book I've been reading is by John Ortberg, and it's called The Life You've Always Wanted. Now, I don't know if he came up there with the title himself or he's got a great editor, but man, that's, I want that. The Life You've Always Wanted? I'm going to buy that book. It's actually about the same stuff, but that's what it is about. It's that the heart is that um, spiritual disciplines are going to lead you to the life you've always wanted. Yeah? John Ortberg just got it in his title. And I love this quote. I'll read it to you. Practices such as reading scripture and praying are important, not because they prove how spiritual we are, but because God can use them to lead us into life. I want to be led into life. And the way to that is by engaging in spiritual disciplines or how he talks about, uh, he, he talks about arranging your life around activities that enable me to live the fruit of the Spirit. So there are certain activities that if I do these things, it's going to help me live the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Yeah, I've got to sing the song to get through them. 
patience, self-control, and gentleness. They're probably my hard ones. Um, okay, well, they're all hard, but those are the ones I particularly struggle with. Have you ever tried to just be more patient? Just tried. Have you ever tried to just be more patient with a preschooler? And, and they want to wear those shoes. And you know that those shoes are not going to stay on, but they, they, but they want to wear the preschool shoes. And you're like, you can't wear those shoes. And you're just like, oh, my goodness, we just honestly need to get out of the door. And you just try to be more patient. In my experience, just trying to be more patient as the frustration builds and as she increases to make sounds very much like a seagull, very loud, just trying to be patient gets you a little, little bit away, but it doesn't get you very far. It just, it's, it's hard trying to be gentle when you just really want to, it just doesn't work. Just trying doesn't work. And it's a bit like a race. I'm not a racing kind of a person, but let's use our sanctified imaginations. Let's imagine that I wanted, I don't know, what did you guys do yesterday? Like lots of runs. I think Ben and Martina may have gone in two races each yesterday. But let's imagine that I was Martina, and I, well, let's not imagine I'm not Martina because she does the training. Imagine there was a race that um, I was like, oh, we could do a marathon. Yep, I'm going to try really hard. And so next weekend, I go to the marathon, and I'm just going to try. I'm going to put my whole heart into it. I'm going to positive talk myself into it. I'm just going to try really hard. I am not going to win that race. Unlikely, I'm going to complete it. It's not, like, certainly not within the time limit. It's just not going to happen. I can try as hard as I like to win a race, but it doesn't make a difference. You've got to train. Yeah? You've got to train to win the race. So, with the spiritual life. 1 Corinthians 9.27, Paul says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. The spiritual disciplines are training for life. Reading your Bible, praying, practicing simplicity, taking a Sabbath, learning to submit. These are activities that you can do that will train you for life, for situations when just trying really hard does not produce the effort, the results that you want. John Ortberg defines a discipline really well. He says, this discipline is any activity I can do by direct effort that will help me, to do, or that will help me do what I cannot now do by direct effort. So by direct effort, I can try and run a marathon, but it's not going to work. But I can, by my effort, apply myself to training for that marathon, for getting up and going for a run and that kind of thing. But because just, (laughs) I'm just imagining it, it's too cold. I just, it's too cold in the morning these days. I just can't, I can't do it. (sighs) Winter won't last forever. But just trying, a patient, being patient doesn't work. Just trying to be self-controlled. It, it, it gets you a little bit, but it doesn't get you very far. But I can try at reading scripture. And steeping myself in that truth deals with some of the deep issues. It trains me to be more patient and to, to do better at my life. In the moment, I still have to try, but I've got strength to draw on because I trained. We're getting it? Yep, yep. I'd appreciate some positive feedback. You people are alive. Yes, thank you. So how does reading scripture train me? Well, hopefully it's not news to you that there is no exam. 
There is no like, you know, heaven entrance exam. Yes, you can come in. Thank goodness. Because it's not about knowledge. But a scripture equips us to live life well and to do good works. Okay, 2 Timothy 3. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us, teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I want to be equipped. And that's what he says. It's what the Bible is for. So how do I do it? Well, it's not by just memorizing scripture. Like memorizing scripture is great. We'll talk about that. But it's not just like I get some scriptures and I use those words to like beat myself up when I'm doing bad things. In my experience, when I'm struggling with being patient with my children, just saying to myself, love is patient, love is kind, love is patient, love is kind, does not help. What helps is when I've let scripture change me from the inside out. When, when God, through his word, has dealt with some of my issues about why am I always in such a hurry? Why do I feel like it has to be perfect? Why do I think it's okay to exercise my power over someone small and vulnerable? When that work is happening, I'm enabled to be more patient. Scripture changes us from the inside out. In John 8, 31 to 32, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Note here there's, like a, there's a distinction. He's talking to people who believe in him. Yep, people who believe in him. He said, you of the set of people who believe in me, you are only true to, true, truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching. You can believe in God without being a disciple, mm. without following his teachings without living in freedom. There are a lot of people today who believe in God, but who aren't living faithful to his teachings, and so we're not experiencing the freedom. I love the message translation of this. It says, if you stick with this, so Jesus' teaching, if you stick with it, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure, then you will experience yourself, experience for yourselves the truth, and the truth will free you. The truth will free you. That's the kind of life I want to lead. Because scripture speaks truth, which leads to transformation, which brings out freedom. Freedom from oh, freedom from those just internal messages, freedom from old habits, freedom from addictions, freedom from the the cultural mindset that we live in. You know, we're just there's so much more freedom that we can experience. And the way to access that is by letting the scripture speak to you. That's the process of transformation, or sanctification, if you want to use that word. In Romans 12, 2, Paul writes, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Maybe you don't think you really need transforming. Maybe, I think a lot. sometimes that's a big Thing. We don't think we need transforming. I'm fine as I am. I, I, I kind of used to think that about myself. And then I spent some more time with myself. And now I am very aware of how much I need transforming. I think if you're really honest and you really have a look inside, you go, man, there's some stuff in me that's got to change. And you're not saying that with condemnation. 
you're not saying that with like insecurity or like being mean to yourself. You're just saying, man, I just want, I want more freedom. I don't want to be living under all this baggage anymore. I don't want to be living with that stuff. I want to grow. I want to change. And the way that happens is by letting um, God reform our minds, form it again by immersing it in truth, immersing it in truth. And where's truth? Well, truth is in Scripture. And that's really countercultural. You know, we live in a world that's, you know, truth is relative, your truth, my truth, whatever. There's no absolute truth. That's not true. There is. And it's in Scripture. Because the Word has more power than just an idea. The Word has more power than um, just words, than, than even pretty words. Uh, live, laugh, love. I don't know how many times I've seen that. I'm sorry if you have live, laugh, love on your wall. That's fine. Embrace it. But it's not going to change your life like Scripture is. It's nice, but it's not going to change your life, yeah? Or this one. I've got a, I found a nice one off Scripture can put, um, from Pinterest. Just the first one. That one's, that one's not there. I can't remember it goes. It's time to... Oh, I'm too grateful to be hateful. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Just because it rhymes doesn't mean it's true. Like, there's a, there's a, there's a kernel of truth there. But I'm blessed and stressed a lot of the time. And you hear, like, I've seen, I think I've seen this. I'm sorry if it was your Facebook. Um, my feed, like, oh, jeepers. But then when you put it with this background, can we have the next picture? Then somehow that really does speak to me, doesn't it? Is that Richard Simmons? I don't know. There's, like, birds on his, wow. Too blessed to be stressed. Let's move on from that. It's hilarious. But <laughs> even more than um, more than a nice quote, or even just more than an encouragement from a friend, oh, you're great, you're a lovely person. It, that, that's nice. But it doesn't do the deep work that I know I need. It's the words that proceed from the mouth of the Father that change my life. And if we go back to 2 Timothy you know, that it says about how all Scripture is inspired by God. That, that inspired, it's God-breathed. All Scripture is, is truth that God has breathed out. He's spoken out for us to receive. Because I can intellectually acknowledge some, some truths. Kind of all go, oh, that's a lie that I'm believing about myself or about the world. Oh, that's not true. Okay, this is. But until I hear the truth, from the mouth of the Father, it doesn't change me in the deep places. And it's in the deep places that we need that work, not just at the level of, you know, our intellect and, yes, I know some scriptures and aren't I great, whatever. It's the deep work that we need, but it's the deep work that scripture will do as we let it. In Hebrews 4.12, says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's what the Word of God is. That's the Bible. It cuts deep. Have you ever been like in, in reading the Bible or preaching and you're like, oh, stop talking, cut me deep. That is the Word of God. Going in deep. Um, the Passion Translation, that love that says, and it interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. Because often we, we think we know what's going on within us, but no, actually, there's other stuff beneath there. And uh, thankfully, 
the Holy Spirit tends to use it more like a scalpel rather than a sword. But it's, it's not superficial behavior change that you need. You know, I, I have no hope that people come away from this going, all oh, right, well, I must download another Bible app and start a new plan so I can tick some boxes and feel like a good Christian. That's, that's not going to help you. What we need is change in the deep places. But the Holy Spirit will use the word like a scalpel to cut us deep, to do the heart surgery that we need, yeah? Because it's in the deep places that, you know, all the behavior that you're doing, all the things, all the, the patterns of behavior you had. You know, I said before about your, your, the sin that you struggle with. It's not just a thing you do that emerges out of who you are, out of deep thoughts that you have, which impact how you feel about things, and then you feel these things. So you do those things. And at that, at that deeper place in, in, our, in our thoughts, it's almost like um, I've heard it compared to computer code. Now, I know nothing about computer code makes absolutely no sense to me. My children are learning about it at school and I just, I don't get it. But my understanding is that you can have like lines of code that are broken and you've got to, you've got to find them and you've got to fix them and make them true. And then, then that will cause the computer to run in a way and, and do things that it's supposed to do rather than glitching or whatever. We're all a bit like that. There are lines of code within each of us which are wrong lies we've believed, things we've just picked up through, you know, things that happened, especially when you're little, like things happen, you perceive things that happen, you, you incorporate it into your sense of self and how you see the world. And, and all of that needs to be aligned to God's truth. And it's the word of God, like it says, it's the word of God that will interpret and reveal the thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. If we'll let it, replace it, with the true God, the true code. Because we all have a brokenness on the inside, but scripture will speak to you the redemptive message. What is it that you need to hear? I know for me, and if, I think for all of us, we need, we need to hear the voice of the Father speak to us. Just like Jesus at his baptism, he comes up out of the water and a voice from heaven speaks, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. That's true for you as well. Maybe this is all that you came to hear today. But on behalf of the Father, I want to declare to you, you are his dearly loved son and daughter. You bring him great joy. You are his dearly loved daughter, his beloved son. And you you bring him great joy. You are the constant focus of his delight. Wow, that's me, that's you. I love this one from the, you know, the parable of the prodigal son. It's a story Jesus tells and there's a, a younger son who gets all his inheritance and goes off and lives a bad life and he comes back eventually and the father's like, oh, come on back, it's great. But there's the older brother who's always been living right. And he comes to the father and goes, what about me? I, I, I just, he did that bad things. He doesn't deserve that. And the father says to him, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. You are always with him. Everything he has is yours. 
everything God has is yours. That is crazy. But you know, I can read, I can read through that scripture just so quick, so quick, and it just skates over the top of my head. Yeah, oh, yep, great. Jesus, dearly loved son, much joy, whatever. What is it saying to me, yeah? It's how you read it. So how do we read the scriptures so that can happen? How do we read the scriptures so that stuff can get in? Well, if the purpose of reading scripture really, actually the purpose of it, is for transformation, for changing the way we think, then we need to come to it with that same heart. We're not just reading the Bible to gather information, to get some ideas, to impress other people, not looking for material for my next sermon, not trying really here to tick a box on my Bible reading plan. I've got to come with a heart for it. I need to invite the Holy Spirit to speak. You know, when you open your Bible or you open your app, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And then listen. Listen. Because it's, you know when you're having a conversation with someone and they're not listening and it's really annoying. And um, thankfully God is a lot more patient than I am. <laughs> thankfully. So much more patient. Um, it's really easy to be like, oh yeah, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Okay, I'm going to read my Bible. Okay, done. Yeah, off we go. Where's the space for him to speak? We've got to hear, we've got to listen. Study and meditation. I'm not going to go into the details of these because it's, I don't want you to go away, oh yeah, right, right I'm going to start somebody a study plan. But giving it space to speak to you is so, so important. Um, so recently I changed the reason why I got a new app. No, that's not the reason why I got a new I don't know why I got another Bible app. I'm not sure. I've recently made a, cha- a change in how I've been reading the Bible. Um, for a while there, I was doing a Bible in a year plan, which is great. I don't know that I ever actually completed it in a year, but that's not the purpose. Um, and if you're interested, there are some really fantastic apps that you can do. What's it, the Bible in one year, is that what's called? Really, really good. Highly recommend that. I've been doing a different one. Um, again, supposed to read the Bible in a year. I started it at the beginning of last year, and I'm like in Luke, so clearly not reading it in a year. But I was like, man, I've got to get back into this. Got to get back into this. Okay, right, okay, do it. And honestly, I was lying in bed, Open my app, right, okay, scroll, scroll. I really want to read my book instead. I really want to read my book. Okay, yeah, I'm reading, I'm re- reading this, okay. Oh, just let the words float in front of your eyes. Just, <laughs> you ever done that? Just, I'm just taking it in. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I've fallen asleep. Or when, you, when you're reading and you drop it on your head and you wake up, and I'm not the only one who's done that. Like, honestly, I was not taking it in. I just wanted to finish it so I could push that tick button and know that I was done. But the heart behind that is completely wrong because the, the purpose of it is not to be done and get my tick. The purpose is to let me change on the inside. So what I've, I've instead been doing is i am just got a bookmark in my app, or in my, you'd have it in your, in your paper Bible, and I'm just reading a little bit, a paragraph, a couple of paragraphs, a wee section, and just sitting with that a lot longer. I'm still kind of tracking it through with the app I'm using because it's got these great videos. Um, that explain the scripture, and that's awesome. But it's just so different when you you give it time to contemplate it, to chew over it, to really sit with it. Because these are the words of God. God's wanting to speak to us. But that's not just it. The word of God as a sword or the, the scalpel isn't just something that gets used on us. It's something that we can use as well. 
So that word back in Hebrews 4.12 talks about it being a sharpest two-edged sword. Aren't most swords two-edged? I didn't quite get that, but anyway. The, literally, the, um, back in the Greek, that means dystomos, two mouths. It's a two-mouth sword. God speaks his word, and then we in agreement can speak his word as well. And it has power in two ways. That is cool. Yeah? And I would really want to encourage you, especially as Nat was sharing this morning about how often we're in situations where you feel like you are, you're up against a wall and it's been there for a while and you need to, uh, need to lean into, you know, in the opposite spirit or to declare whatever it is that, to get that promise. I'd really encourage you to find some fighting words. Some fighting words for whatever the, the obstacle that you are facing. Um, this is something I did when we were struggling to get pregnant with Ida and um, just opposition, have another miscarriage, what's going on, have another blood test, what's happening? And, but just feeling from God, this is, I'm going I'm to have this child. Very stubborn. <laughs> and, but just praying wasn't making a difference, but I found some fighting words in Scripture, some things that... that God um, just really spoke to me. They, as I was reading them, they just came to mind, or someone said them, and then you just knew it was the Holy Spirit bringing that to your attention. And I would take them, and I had them on a note on my phone, and I would just pray them. And especially when I was discouraged, I'm just going to pray that again. I'm going to pray that again. I'm going to pray that again. And I'm not just praying. I'm picking up the sword, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and, and using that, it's fighting words. You've got to find some fighting words for yourself because you don't just pray it for yourself, you pray it for other people. When John and Lindley were, um, before the twins were born and, and, and things were very tenuous whether Israel was going to make it, I had a scripture that I was, I declared it all the time. It was fighting words that I could use on behalf of praying for someone else. Yeah? But the thing with using a sword, like if you gave me a sword now, I doubt I'd be able to pick it up. They're quite heavy, I imagine. But you have to train with it. Yeah? Like cue some kind of um, movie sequence. Montage, training montage. If only training was actually more like a montage in a movie. Oh, it's not. You've got to learn to train with it. Memorizing a scripture means that the sword is always there ready for you to take it out, yeah? What's the point of being, oh, I turned up to the battle. Oh, they haven't got anything to fight with. Oh, you know, you think of the, in Ephesians 4, it talks about the armor of God. Put on, you know, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, clothe my feet in the gospel of peace. But the only weapon you have is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And if you don't know your word of God, if you're disconnected from your word of God, you have no sword. You have no offensive weapon at all. You are purely on the defense, and there's nothing on your back. You're just like, oh, I can't even fight. We need to, we need to learn as, as our word. We need to learn how to fight with it, to fight for ourselves, to fight for other people as well. But it's so easy to, to just, I don't know, forget, to forget, get caught up in the distraction. We live in an age of distraction. 
like crazy. Like I feel for my children who are, who are growing up in, in this world and how do you focus on anything? Turn off the Wi-Fi. It's how you turn it. <laughs> but learning to live it. And I, I'm... Time. I really want to encourage you. You know, perhaps you're here today and you think, oh, I, I want to change. I do want to read my Bible more. I, I want to be a person who loves. I want to be the person who can fight. I want to be the kind of person who, when a friend comes with me and says, oh, I've got this need, can you pray for me? I've got some scriptures at my belt that I can fight for them with. Yeah? And if you want to change, I want to encourage you, focus not on how much, but focus on how. Because it's really easy to start, okay, I'll get a new plan and I'll do that. And then it doesn't make a difference to you, so you quit doing it. Um, another great quote that John Ortberg says, the goal is not for us to get through the scriptures. The goal is to get the scriptures through us. Yeah? Our goal is not to get through the scriptures, to tick, oh, yes, I've read my Bible through Oh, I've done my Bible reading for a day. I can go to sleep and feel like an okay person. The goal is to get the scriptures through us. Mm -hmm. And different, it'll be different in different seasons. In different seasons of your life, you'll be like, yes, I'm going to enroll in some Bible study course. I'm going to, you know, spend more time on it. I'm going to really study the word. Other times you'll be like, I just feel like I need to get the breadth of scripture. One of those, because it's easy to, um, it's good to read scripture in little bits. But it's also get, good to get the whole big thing of it. Be like, yes, I'm actually just going to sit down and read the whole book of Philippians S1 because it was a letter. So let's maybe read the whole letter rather than break it down. But then there will be seasons where, yes, it's again, slower contemplation. Or maybe you just need to sit with a scripture for a week. A week. A month even. Will you just speak it again to yourself? Oh, I'm his dearly loved daughter. With him, with, with me, he is well pleased. I'm just going to sit with that and let that work on me. No one is assessing your spiritual performance. No one really knows. Does anyone really like talk about how much they read the Bible? I don't think so. And if you want to build a new habit, there's a whole lot of things to think about. You can think about um, accountability. Am I the kind of person that really needs someone else to like kind of be checking in? Do I need a training buddy? Might be a good way to think about it. For some people, a training buddy is essential. If you're the kind of person who know, you know you can't trust yourself to turn up to the gym unless you know there's a friend waiting for you, you're the person who needs accountability in your systems of new habits. You might not think about structure. I, do I need a plan? Do I need something that gets an alert sent to my phone? Do I need something like that? How can I make it easy? How can I make it appealing? There's lots of little things you can do um, when you are wanting to start a new habit, when you're trying to get a new practice in motion, when you're wanting to start arranging your life or get a, f a fresh way of arranging your life around these activities that are going to transform you. Um, a good way to think about it is to consider, okay, what in the past? In the past, when I started a new habit or a new goal, what really worked for me and what didn't work for me? Because the things that worked for you in the past are probably the same kind of things that worked for you again. So think about that one. But more than, more than the habits, more than the behavior, it's about the heart. And if you're here today and you, you think, yeah, I would like to get more of a heart subscription. I want to be a person who loves the word as well. 
that I would love to pray for you. Yeah? How about we all stand? Ask Roseanne, thank you. Perhaps you, you are, you think, yeah, I do, I do really, I do really want to love God's word more. I do want to see transformation from the inside. It starts with a heart for the word. It starts with a heart to hear from the Father. So if that's you, why don't you just, like, how about we all close our eyes? Why don't you just open your hands maybe to adopt a posture of, of receiving from God? And I'll pray. And if, if that's something you go, yeah, I really, I really want this, God, just join with me in your heart. Oh, Father God, we praise you that you are a God that wants to speak to us. That you are a God who, oh, I praise you that you are not a God who is assessing our spiritual performance. Oh. Praise you that you, you love us. You want to have conversation with us that you have words of life to speak to us. And Father, we are sorry for, for where we haven't listened, for, for where we've left your letters unopened on the bench, like they were bills, but actually they were love letters. They were the words of advice and wisdom that we needed to hear. But God, we got busy, we got distracted. Father, forgive us for where we have let shame and condemnation um, hold us back from, from establishing habits, for even where we've participated in a culture that has that's shamed other people for, for reading the Bible or not, or all of that. But thank you, God, that we give you, you give us a fresh start every time. And Father, I ask that you would ignite within us a hunger for your word, that we would see it for what it is. It's life, God. It's the way to freedom. God, help us to want your word more. Help us to, um, to establish habits. God, where we've struggled with habits, God, I ask you give us insight about what is the best way to, to start something new. Do we need accountability? Do we need structure? What is it, God? But Father, I ask more than that, that you would help us um, to get a taste for your word. Well, because we believe that your word is not, it's not just words. It's not just ideas. It's life-changing truth. And Father, I ask for us, even today, even this week, God, that the next time that we open the Bible, the next time we open that app, God, and we read your word, that it would be delicious to us. God, it would stir within us a hunger for more. God, because your word is not food like we have some and, oh gee, I'm so full, I'm not gonna eat anymore. It's the kind of word that makes us hungry. It's food that makes us hungry for more. And Father, I ask that for, for those of us for whom it's always been a struggle to get into the word, God, that you would give us a new experience where it's like, you know, we're coming again uh, to your word like people who have, suddenly got a seat at the best restaurant and they brought out the entree and oh my goodness it was delicious and I just can't wait for the next course God that you would stir within us a hunger for more of your word Lord not to be good Christians but to live in freedom Lord to be transformed from the inside out 
thank you, God, that you love to help us with everything that we need to do. Oh, we praise you, our God. If you would like, you know, to connect with some resources, you want some advice around, you know, read translations. Maybe you've always been reading the, tra- the Bible and the New King James and you're like, what does this even mean? Yeah, I don't know either sometimes. I'm doing a PhD. Oh, it makes me laugh. Um, I'd really encourage you to ask for help. Yeah, there are some great apps out there. There are some great resources. There's so much good stuff. But what I, I really pray is that um, today you haven't just heard a message that's kind of like stirred up a little fervor for reading the Bible, but that you have, like I said, got a taste for something that's so good. But you've been captured again by the thought that your Father God wants to speak with you. He wants to speak to you. And it's not just like, oh, come on, do this, do that, be like this, be like that. But it's words of love. Words of love. Yeah. Perhaps you're here today and and you you don't wouldn't say that you have a relationship with God like that. Maybe you're, as I said before, Jesus was speaking to the people who believed in him, but weren't disciples of his weren't following Him, weren't living in freedom. But today you'd like to switch over and choose to start following Him. I want to give you an opportunity to make that decision today. This is something we do every service because it's the most important, the most important thing. So if everyone just close your eyes just to give people some privacy. Is there anyone here today who wants to make a decision to follow Christ? Maybe for the first time, maybe, maybe you feel you need to make a recommitment because you were following God, but... How life has been going is not not where you're at. And you you want a vibrant relationship with God. Maybe you've been going to church your whole life, but you've never really entered into a relationship with God. This is your opportunity to do it. Is there anyone here today who wants to do that? You give me a wave so I can pray with you. 